Welcome to Nintendo Dads episode. Well, it doesn't really matter what episode, guys. It's the Retro Rewind, and we're Retro Rewinding one of the classic best games for the Super Nintendo. It's A Legend of Zelda, A Link to the Past. Zach, cue the music. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Retro Rewind, brought to you by Nintendo Dads over at patreon.com slash Nintendo Dads. Uh, this is where we talk about uh, old games and stuff. Uh, we're talking about a really good old game today, uh, Link to the Past. And, of course, this is brought to you by Patreon. Patreons? Patreon? Patrons. Uh, patreon.com slash Nintendo Dads. Did I say that already? Uh, you guys make this happen. So thank you in advance. Joining me as always is uh, Justin Masson. What's going on, Justin? I am excited to talk about this game, man. I am pumped for this game, and your music has got me more pumped up to do it as well. Uh, we need it. It's like almost midnight, so that's good. I like it. Um, oh, except that my phone turned off. That was good. Uh, how about we turn that back on? Where's my music go? No, I need that music. Where'd it go? There we go. Uh, joining us as well is uh, Jesse Waldeck from VG Tribune. Where it's past midnight and almost one. Mm, and of course, to with uh, the man from the south, Marty Estes. What's going on, Marty? How's it going? It's it's good. Uh, we're of course talking about here. Let's just enjoy this again. Of course, ocremix.org. Uh, this is uh, the song is called "The Path to High Rule." OC Remix number one nine seven zero by Ekaj E K A J. Oh, you know what? That's Jake backwards. That's clever. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> called him out on that one. Uh, so, so yeah, we're talking all about that. I'll just uh, fade this out here because that's awesome. Good, good music there, uh, dudes. This is uh, a link to the past. We finally arrived. This is the third in the history of retro rewind. This is the third retro rewind that has been a Zelda game. Correct. The very first one was a link links awakening. We did Zelda two, and now we are here at a link to the past. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, and of course that is, we're on, you know, mere weeks away from breath of the wild coming out on the switch. And, uh, this has been a very, uh, for me, it's been Which a long time. Be a coming. Retro rewind game in 25 years. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I like it. Yeah. I, I would be, I, I feel like I'm going to be playing this game a lot or I'll be playing breath of the wild a lot um before then but uh before but what before 25 years from now that's that's really insightful zach uh so a link to the past i think first things first of course as we always do we kind of go around what is our history with this game and then we kind of talk about what our experience was this time with it uh and uh, there's been a lot of excitement around our discussion of this game this time uh, Marty, I want to start with you, dude. You, uh, you 100%ed this game this time. I what, did. What is your history with this the, game? Like the first time to do it. Uh, I first played a link to the past back at, when it was first released in 1991. Uh, I played it on the super Nintendo and beat it. This was in the days where, you know, if you wanted to cheat, you know, or a ga game guide, you bought the book. Mm -hmm. I did not buy the book. And so I muddled through as best I could and beat the game as a fledgling teenager. And, but there were always things about it that bugged me that I didn't find, you know, that, that my it, I didn't get all of the items or I didn't have all of the hearts. And so this time when I went back through it, I actually played through it on the 3DS and uh, which I thoroughly enjoyed being able to take it with me. Mm -hmm. um, but that's beside the point. I'm, Played through on 3DS and actually played through with a GameFacts.com guide and got everything. Took me about a week. A week? That's actually not too bad. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, and there were days that I played it. There were a couple of those days that I played it for multiple hours. Yeah. Nice. And so, like, are you are you at the point now where this is a this is a familiar enough game that you're like, oh yeah, this dungeon, I go here, then I go here, then I go here. Like, is that, uh, yeah, I did notice that there were some, uh, things that you can do as far as like what's outlined in the guide that 
I definitely did not do in that order. So it prolonged my time in the dungeons. Mm -hmm. And I think, I really think that's why I I went so fast through it. It was because once I got in a dungeon, you know, I just followed the the steps. Here's step A to step B to step C. And, you know, then you're done. You fight the boss and Mm -hmm. that's it. I only died once the entire time. Wow. Playing through it. So I, I feel like I did pretty good. Mm-hmm. Right on. And so like, do you remember like when you had the game at the time, uh, what was that? Like, was this like a big important moment for you in gaming? What was that? Mm. Yeah. Um, because I hadn't really enjoyed a Zelda game since the first one. And I actually had never beaten a Zelda game because I got the, the legend of Zelda. I think right around the time I got my first, you know, the, NES, I was eight or nine years old. So there, there were just things that I could not do in that game. I actually didn't bite, beat the original Zelda until I was in college. So, um, and, and I mean, nobody's beaten Zelda too. So <laughs> because yeah. this is so freaking hard. So nope. I mean, the only people who've beaten that are like people who cheat with game genies and stuff. So, uh, I, I didn't do that. I did beat it with a game genie. So that's, that's how I know. Uh, but this one was, uh, there was, there was such a, a sense of anticipation. This is coming to the super Nintendo, you know, and it's, it's a return to the, to the top down Zelda formula and it looks awesome. And I don't know, you know, there was just so much hype. I remember around that time, even, you know, from game magazines and, and things like that. It was, it was the game, you know? And even then, I mean, I'm looking right here. You know, I looked up the the date so I could be sure of when it was. That was released in, on on uh, the weekend before Black Friday in 1991. So Nintendo's been doing that that weekend release for a long time. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Nintendo likes that that calendar spot. Well, yeah, they want to they want to have that out for Christmas so they can push systems. Yeah. But if you, I will say this, Zach, to answer your question, I'm gonna be done. Um, I can't say that when I bought this game or when I asked for, for this game for my parents to buy me or whatever, that I thought that it would eventually go on to become one of my top 10 video games of all time. Mm. But I do remember just having this sense of playing it the very first time going, Oh my God, mm. this is awesome. Yeah. This, and it, it was just like, it you know, yeah, I mean, the Super Nintendo was was the pinnacle at that time, but it just it was almost like I realized there's something about this that's on a whole nother level. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I um, I don't know if I've ever talked about the first real Zelda game that I ever played, I think um, that it, that the, I think was similar opposed to fake Zelda games. Well, well, I guess the first Zelda esque game that in that sort of school of Zelda type games that I ever played was Final Fantasy Adventure, uh, which was very inspired by that. Or I don't know which one came first. Uh, well, I, I would assume Zelda NES would would have come before that. But uh, so that was the first one I ever really played, which was which became the Mana series. A Tales game, right? Uh, no, or it's the Mana. It, it became the Mana, Mana game. Mana yeah. game. Yeah. Uh, I think on the GBA it was called Sword of Mana. So, uh, but yeah, so that was that was the first one I played. The first Zelda game I think I ever played was o- uh, I don't know what came out first, or Ocarina of Time or Oracle of Seasons. Probably Ocarina. O- Ocarina was first. Yeah. Uh, For those of us, uh, Ocarina was '96. The the GBA games were like or the 2000 or something like early 2000. Yeah. For those of us who would break in and have here and have an, um, actually moment, uh, final fantasy adventure was actually released on June 28th of 1991 and Zelda followed it in November. Oh, see. Okay. Well, there you go. So it was actually, it actually preceded Zelda. Thank you for mentioning that game, by the way, because final fantasy adventure was one of my favorite game boy games of all time. And I totally forgotten about it. Oh dude. I actually, there's a, on our YouTube channel, there's a couple of videos of me playing that game, like a let's play sort of thing that I started and then never finished or anything, but that dude, that game, the music in that game was awesome. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know what, it, I don't know what it was, but there's just the, the emotion that they managed to get out of those old game boy sound chips were, it was something else. But, uh, but so the first 2d Zelda game that I ever played was Oracle of seasons and 
Uh, it's a different, like, it's not even developed by Nintendo. It was a Capcom game, but uh, I really like that. Uh, this was the first time I'd ever played Link to the Past. Uh, at least it's the farthest I ever got. I actually didn't complete it. Uh, full disclosure, I'm a in the last semester of a, a very challenging program, so uh, so sue me. But I did I did play more than I have before, um, and I I want to say that it's a little bit challenging coming to this game having already played A Link Between Worlds on the 3DS. Uh, because I feel like, I feel like a, a lot of the feel is there. Like I'm kind of seeing, uh, where a link between worlds has its roots now, you know, and kind of seeing like, oh yeah, okay, well everything's kind of more or less in the same area. Uh, you know, like the same sort of locations are here, the deserts over in this corner and, you know, up in the, up at the top of the map, there's the, there's the mountain and the little towns over on the far left side and, you know, stuff like that. So uh i it's interesting i i it's it's just different coming back to it having having played a link between worlds first so uh yeah Uh, so it's it's cool though i like it It, i never really had any sort of exposure to the zelda franchise uh during the snes era though because i had a genesis and was playing fantasy star 2 instead so uh uh justin what about you man yeah, this is a very interesting um, game for me. I, I don't know if I've told the story. My very first uh, Zelda game was Twilight Princess. That was my very first uh, Zelda game that I had any any long-term exposure to. Um, so as it relates to A Link to the Past, I think I mentioned before, uh, when I was a kid like playing on the SNES and growing up as a, as a young teenager... I'd always be like, oh, those stupid, uh, you know, uh, top-down games. I hate those ones. I don't play those. Those are dumb. I'm a side-scrolling 2D platformer kind of person. So I never had played. I think uh, I would have hated uh, you as a child if that's what you sounded like. Probably. That's not too far <laughs> off. Where I had, where I had like friends be playing, I was like, this is dumb, right? Like, show me some more Donkey Kong Country, you jerks, right? Uh, we're some Earthworm Jim. Um, so I, I did not play, uh, this game. I knew of its existence, um, watched my friends play it occasionally. I thought, oh, okay, well, that's, you know, whatever. I'll, I'll let it be. My first exposure playing a link, um, a link to the past was actually when it came out on the, um, Wii U uh, a couple of years ago on the virtual console. And for those of you that have been listening to Nintendo dads for 115 episodes, would recall that it was actually one of the first games that I had been saying that I'd been playing um, during our What Have You Been Playing segments. And uh, I didn't get too far into it. I think I got as far as getting the Master Sword. Um, and that was that was about it and kind of moved on to something shiny. So my exposure with Link, uh, Link to the Past is very thin. However, uh, again, if you've been a longtime fan, the very first game that I picked up when I bought the Nintendo 3DS was a link to the past, or sorry, a link between worlds. So my approach into this world was really actually so much of it, much like you, Zach, resonated from a link between worlds. Um, and that was where so many things feel familiar and at home. And I loved a link between worlds. It was my is like my favorite Zelda game that I've played. Um, so to come back to this and, and play it from its origins, I loved playing this game. And it felt familiar, it felt comfortable, but also kind of antiquated in some of the mechanics and what you could do because you didn't have the same amount of levity that you could um, in A Link Between Worlds. Um, so yeah, this was, this was fantastic. I love playing it. I wish I could go back in time, slap my, or, or shake the, you know, the 12-year-old me and say, go pick up this game because I quintessentially <laughs> believe that this is in the top three or top five games for the Super Nintendo. I think this is one of the most perfect games I have ever played, uh, and I have absolutely loved and adored every moment with it. Mm. You know, it's interesting. I remember at the time, um, a friend of mine actually had this game, and I remember seeing it every once in a while, but there was something about this game that that was very self-serious, and mm-hmm. like it was very, but for some reason, because of I don't know if it's the art style or the music or what, but it um, if you didn't know 
that this was going to be something that was amazing. I feel like it was very, at least from, from my experience, it was very easy to write off. You know what I mean? Like it was just kind of like, yeah, you know, that's not really for me. Let's, uh, you know, when I would go over to my friend's house, it was like, dude, we could either do this and I could watch you walk around some little village or we could play freaking street fighter two. Like, come on, man, let's, yeah. let's play some street fighter instead. I don't want to watch you walk around. Um, and, uh, it didn't, it didn't, uh, dis like it didn't demo very well, I guess. Right. Like it was like, it was not nearly as exciting as some of the other games that were going on, especially in that era of, uh, you know, being a Sega kid, like Sonic the Hedgehog, super exciting, fast paced, whatever. Like Zelda is a very plotting sort of game that if you don't know, um, about it, then it's, it's something that is, uh, was at least for me kind of easy to, to overlook at the time. So, uh, I don't know, Jesse, what about you, man? What have you been, uh, what was your experience at the time? And then how was it now? I think I've pretty much bought this game every possible way. This thing, this game has ever been released. Yeah. You know, I originally had it on the super Nintendo, you know, when it, well, which month in 91 did this come out, Marty? November. November 91. So that would have been like early. That was my, that was my senior year in high school. Uh, so, uh, so I, I, I don't, I don't think I ever hundred percent of the game. Nice. Justin. She, he, he, uh, he just, uh, got his, uh, Hyrule Historia book out. Anyway, so I don't think I, I've ever hundred percented it, but I did beat, I did beat it on the super Nintendo. And then I remember, you know, I, I I had the, the the GBA version that kind of was paired with the Four Swords game, and I I, I took that on trips, but I and, I and I got halfway through it or so, but never finished it. And then, you know, Wii U, the Wii Virtual Console, I would pick it up and play it, and didn't get very far. And so, and then up until the then last year, I think I bought it on the 3DS when it was available, and I, I took it on a trip. And again, it didn't really get very far. I <laughs> got about halfway through again. Always getting stuck around the same time. So that this time through, you know, similar to Marty, I did play through it in about a week. You know, of course, it helps that I was on business travel that week, so I had a lot of, uh, you know, air- airport delay time to. <laughs> So I had a lot of time to kill. So I was able to play the game with that. And uh, again, I didn't 100% it, but at least this time I did finish the game. But I I did need to uh, hit a a walkthrough near the end to find, you know, certain an item here or item there. I tried to do the dungeons as pure as possible. I think I might have needed to hit a walkthrough like once or twice, but yeah. So it, it did take me a little bit longer than Marty to go through the dungeons. <laughs> but I didn't care about the, the purity of it. I wanted to finish it. I wanted to be able to talk about it. I wanted to. And oh, I, and, and I'm, I wanted nothing to wrong with that. And, and no, and there's nothing wrong with the way you did it. But I, I mean, I think there's something to be said for going through it with no guide as much as possible. And, and, you know, exploring that world and cause, okay we look at that world now and it's very restrictive, right? Yeah. Right. And, mm-hmm. and we look at it and we go, Oh man, that is just, you know, it's tiny, but think back to what this was like when this but, came out on the super Nintendo. Yeah. It was, a, it was massive for its day. Definitely. And yeah. And you know, of course, back, back then they didn't, didn't have, you know, game facts or internet like they had. We have now, and I, I don't remember, I don't think I bought like a strategy guide or anything, but I did have the Nintendo Power, so I'd read through whatever artic- articles and hints they give every month there. Mm-hmm. Nice. So the closest to a game facts we had at the time. Right on. Very cool. So, Justin, do we have any, like, uh, any trivia about this game uh i see you have you're consulting your tome here what 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 wisdom can you bestow upon us about this game 
Well, I, so I, I have. I pulled out the Hyrule Historia uh, book and, you know, kind of decided to go through where is, you know, and again, this is always the question, where is any of this in the timeline? Um, and where a legend, uh, sorry, a link to the past follows within the timeline is actually what's known as the Hero is Defeated timeline as part of the Oracle of Time uh, series and the decline of Hyrule. So if this was the case, uh, this is the resurrection of Ganon, and that these two, this game, A Link to the Past, would then kind of roll itself into Oracle of Ages and Oracle of Seasons to then follow into Link's Awakening. Uh, so I think that's a very interesting uh, component uh, of it as well. Some other interesting pieces of tidbit, tidbits and information. The, the shield uh, that, that uh, Link uses... Uh, has a little bit of a kind of a, a bird figure on it, right? We've seen it very commonly uh, seen. It, it's very, it's kind of red uh, now, but this is actually the first game that the that image on his shield was actually introduced. Before this, it was just a cross actually on the shields. Right. Whereas in this game, they actually began to introduce kind of this weird bird. The bird has since adjusted and morphed into what we now more traditionally known as the the kind of the red. Um, the red bird that we've seen very much in a lot of the legend of Zelda content, but this is the first time that we actually saw that. And actually also the very first time that the Triforce emblem, the three triangles was introduced on the shield. And of course that's played out, played out in various other degrees throughout the game, but it's the first time that idea um, is actually introduced. Um, that's the big thing right now. I'm going to grab some more content here, but uh, feel free to, move on without me for a couple moments interesting very cool so uh by the way do we have any emails about this i guess we probably could have looked at this before emails uh, don't have any email we don't have any emails but you know what i got i said uh I, I put out some tweets and i said hey folks let me know what is your thoughts on this game and resoundingly the amount of people or impressions the amount of people said this is you know this was such an important game in my childhood. This game was my favorite. This game struck a chord with me. Uh, was such a, a resounding response from folks. So I thought that was that was really interesting to hear. And I think, you know, as Marty talked about how much it defined a little bit of his of his kind of teenager years and playing it as well. What we heard from our audience is very much the same thing. And I think this game resonates with people. And I think actually, even when we put this game out to vote. So many people voted on this game because I think this is such a, a touchstone and a hearkening to the series that it comes back to. So those were a couple of my comments. Let's see if I can find the direct tweets in a couple of moments as well. Very cool. Right on. Uh, so, yeah, uh, again, I, I'm just looking up some of this uh, awesome, you know, the history of the game here. What, so was it? where did this fall within the actual... Um, like within the the lifespan of the SNES, like how Marty, this, where would you have? This, oh, sorry, this go was ahead. Relatively early, actually. This was uh, 1991 was when it got its original release in Japan, uh, November of 1991. I believe it was uh, 1992 for um, for. Let me just see here. Super Nintendo released November 21st, 1991. I need to clarify whether that was Japan or um, North America. Uh, let me bear with me on that second. So relatively young in the life cycle of the, uh, the SNES. Hmm. Are you able to confirm? I'm looking that up now. Um, I see 92. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking right here. Uh, the release right. date yeah, of course yeah. was 19, 1991. And November 91 was Japan. U S yeah. was April 92. There it okay. is. You know, uh, so I was wrong about that earlier. Um, because and you know so, I was thinking about that which, when, I, which, when I was, which still when I was talking about November. <laughs> when I was talking about November, I was thinking, you know, I got this when it was, for some reason, that, like I was like thinking, I played this over the summer. Mm. You know, I, I played it over that summer leading up to going back to school, and I remember like you were saying uh, that one of you guys was saying that you know you want to that you wanted to play like something fun and active and street fighter and things like that you know my friends we would actually come over and we would try to help each other get through the dungeons and oh really because i mean like you know your first three dungeons in this game are, they're okay you know i mean they're they're not too bad 
but those those dark world dungeons if you if you don't know what you're doing <laughs> you know especially yeah, i mean I'm, I'm thinking from the perspective of a 12 year old kid you know it can be kind of tough mm-hmm. absolutely and, yeah and, and to the kind of answer your question justin the super nintendo the super famicom in japan the system itself released november of 90 so about so a year later, Zelda came out, and in North America it was August '91. So, there was less than a year between North America Super Nintendo release and the game release. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, there's something about this. I mean, like, like thinking about where this game came from, right? Like, as far as like the history of this game, uh, what came before it. Uh, like, was there anything else that was even close? Like, they they were coming off of, uh, what, like, Link's Awakening, right? So, they like, they had the original Zelda, uh, and then and then Zelda 2, and then coming back to Link's Awakening, and they're kind of realizing, like, okay, well, what if we did this cool open world sort of thing like we did with the original, but we, like, really blow the hinges off of this thing and do everything that we can with it? Uh, that. I think is really an interesting, um, it was a very cool take on it that I think really paid off. So, uh, the thing that I actually am remembering that was so, again, having first been exposed to this, uh, this series with Ocarina of Time and then, uh, Oracle of Seasons, I didn't realize that the Zoras were so weird in this game like that really threw me for a loop actually was like like to me zoras are like the blue fish people right like Mm -hmm. in ocarina of time and like this one um it actually looks like breath of the wild is maybe getting a little bit closer to this maybe i don't know like it's weird uh i think that's i think that the the interpretation of the zoras as far as what we see is in the first Zelda game, and this is more of a creature of the Black Lagoon, you know, type yeah, of it's fish like, man type thing. And uh, they went back to that. Yeah, the original or, or they, lady, or they yeah. were sticking with it. The 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 actual um, Zoras, uh, which I guess eventually became, you know, the – is it Princess Rudo? They're not called the Rudos, are they? They're, 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 they're Zora. Okay, so yeah, that that evolution of that design actually happened in Ocarina of Time. Yeah, they were. That was where they changed. They were just just an just a, an aquatic enemy, and then they came back with in a link link to the past, both as an aquatic enemy, and then plus you found some friendly ones along the way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like like with the with the in Breath of the Wild, it looks like they're like shark people, but they're red this time for some reason, right? Mm-hmm. Like they're, I, I actually really like the design of the Zoras in the new one. Uh, they're looking. Yeah. Really cool. I think they wanted to be careful not to get it too confusing with this, like the, the Splatoon characters. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, yeah. at some point you're, you're kind of wondering what's going on there between them. But yeah. But it's uh, it's man, it's, it's cool. I like, I, I like the design. You're right though, Marty, like very creature from the black lagoon, sort of like a Lovecraftian deep ones or something like that. Right. Like, mm-hmm. um, like that sort of a design going with that, uh, which is really cool. I like that. So, um, so I, I went back and I found the tweet. So here are some actual fan responses, uh, for a link to the past. Mike, he it says my favorite Zelda game when I got the uh, uh, when I got it the SNES for Christmas I got the one the game was packed with. Uh, Hamor says I had to wait until report cards came home before I could play it, but man did I read the hell out of that manual. <laughs> uh, Wesley I comments. Remember those days. A link to the past and Link's Awakening for me are in my mind the definitive Zelda experience. Every player should or every gamer should play them. Um, Hamar replies again with Link to the Past uh, solidified the experience Ocarina of Time merely made the experience better um, uh, Grouchy Sergey uh, says I wish I was able to play more time this is pretty fun from what I played wish I had it portable again guys this game portable is fantastic I love that right mm-hmm. yes uh, it is uh, Ryan mentions the sound in La Link to the Past was, ast- out- was astonishing 
from title screen to sloshing through puddles in the opening minutes, instant captivation. And then Johnny replies with best Zelda game in the franchise. And that's something said. I love that when I just remember popping that card into the Super Nintendo for the first time. I, I love so many people talked about the sound and hearing that, you know, you know, as the Triforce is zooming in and it forms and then it hits and the sword slashes through it. And it's like, you know, it's every, all the music in this is very like nowhere. Is it not well suited to where you're at? You know, it's, it's in your face. And then the dungeon theme, it's subtle with that kind of like creeping, baseline behind it you know and then the, like the boss fights are you know it's it, it's the appropriate the music is appropriate for every situation you know it sets the mood well and it just it does such a great job and now the you know i mean of course now the graphics are dated you, you go back and look at that but man back then that was that was uh, that was high caliber stuff. But, but, but you, still, but you six, know what? Sixteen bit sprite work still holds up. Versus yeah, I, oh, I'm they, not saying it doesn't. I'm just saying, right? I, the argument I, would be for most people that it's dated today. Right, but you know what? I think, yeah, and I, I, I see your point there, Marty. But I think this is interesting because I think that although it's that sixteen bit art style, there's a there's an art style about it that creates it kind of standing a bit more. On its own, it kind of reminds me at times just the art style they took with it. Um, and although I know it's forcing the 16-bit, reminds me of um, Wind Waker, right? Wind Waker is a game that can stand up because it's not going for photorealism, but rather uh, an arts artistic style. Breath of the Wild, very similar to that too. And, and I think it's even interesting when you look at a link, but, and, and we have to compare a link to the past to, to a link between worlds. When a link between worlds was rebuilt or done, they basically did that style but just like you know cleaned it up right tightened up crisped it up a bit i i lo- i really do like the art style even despite the fact that this game is over 25 years old yeah it's a uh, i don't i it's it's interesting though like i i don't know it's there's something about it that's always put me off from it and i don't know what it is um i i i don't under i don't know and maybe it's the pink hair maybe it's <laughs> you know, I don't, I don't know what it is, but there's something about it that has, uh, I don't know. I'll probably get hate mail for this, but it's, it's the art style has always been a little bit off putting to me and I, I can't really explain it. Um, I don't know. Am I the only one? Like probably now that I say that, but yeah, it's uh, just you. It's just see, you. Yeah. See, I, it's, <laughs> it's put Mar- me off. I don't know what it is. And when Marty mentioned the music and especially that the opening sequence, uh, in the attract mode, um, the, in E3 2011, when they announced for the first time they were to do the Zelda symphony, you know, and they, they played for like, you know, 10 minutes or so of various songs. You know, that, that attract mode song was one of the songs that they played and it sounded really cool, fully orchestrated. And I still use that a, a snippet of that song as my alarm on my iPad to wake me up every morning. <laughs> nice. Very cool. Uh, so yeah, I don't, uh, what else we got there? Justin? we got any more, uh, feedback from listeners here. Looks like he snuck off for a minute. Oh, Justin's got, oh, okay. Sorry. Um, I bet I was not looking at the video. So I do have some interesting stuff here about the development, um, that we can kind of read through as well that I, I think that's always interesting. So in 1988 development of a new NES Zelda began, this is just straight from Wikipedia, but you know what? This is interesting stuff. Whoever does all of this stuff, by the way, you're amazing. Um, but one year later, the project was brought to Nintendo's next console, the Super Famicom in Japan, Super Nintendo Entertainment in other regions. Due to the success of previous titles in the series, N- Nintendo was able to invest a large budget and ample development time and resources into the game's production. At the time, most SNES games had 4 megabits or 512 kilobits of storage space. However, this game broke the trend and had double that, so it had a whopping 1 megabyte. 1 megabyte? Yeah. No, 1 megabit. One megabit. No, eight megabits. Wow. Zach does math. Uh, one entire megabyte of storage, <laughs> right? Which was double what anything else had at the time, which uh, 
there you go. Uh, allowing Nintendo, the de- Nintendo development team to create a remarkably expansive world for Link to inhabit. The entire megabyte. Um, like Super Mario World, this game used the simple graphic compression method on the SNES by limiting the color depth of many tiles to eight colors instead of the SNES's native 16 color tiles. That's interesting. Uh, the script of the game was written by series newcomer Kensuke Tanabe, uh, while Yoshiaki Koizumi was responsible for the background story explained in the instruction manual. Uh, was there a lot of difference there? Like, was there, like, do you guys remember that? Uh, I don't know. In like when it was localized or anything like that? Probably not Hmm. too much. I I don't think so. It says here, the most obvious change, uh, the most common change was the removal of religious references to conform of, uh, with Nintendo of America's content guidelines, the most obvious change was made to the subtitle of the game, which was renamed from Triforce of the Gods to A Link to the Past. Uh, uh, so I do know there's just there's this really strange part in the very beginning. Well, it's not it's not strange. I mean, I, well, it may be to me, where you come out and you know you've rescued Zelda from the castle, right? And you're going through the sewers, and you come out and it's obviously a church. It's yep. called Sanctuary. Yeah. And they, the guy that, that you meet there, they refer to him as some really weird name so they don't have to use the word pastor. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, it, it is kind of like that. But, you know, I, I just want to stop here and I want to say this. I, the, the video game manual is a lost art. Mm-hmm. Because I'm looking at this as as we're talking, one, two, three, four, five, five pages of story yeah. in this manual. Yeah. That, that leads up to, like, it leads up to the moment that the game starts where it's like Link, wake up. And, you know, the telepathic communique from, from Zelda that he gets. I mean, it talks about... Agonim and it talks about Ganon and the imprisoning war and all the stuff, stuff that you, it makes this game even better. I had forgotten about this stuff, you know, cause I don't have the manual anymore, mm-hmm. but man, I, I wish we got stuff like this again. You know what? Actually, I was, as you're saying that I, I actually have the physical version of shovel Knight, and, uh, that has a real manual. It's awesome. Yeah, they, they did a manual. Yeah, it's and so good. The guys at Yacht Club are class acts, though. So, I mean, what do you expect? Yeah. Yeah, no, it's so good. I have the 3DS version of that, like a cartridge version of that game, and it's uh, it's awesome. It's so good. So, yeah, very cool. This, this manual, like, I'm, I'm scrolling through the manual, right, as we're, as we're talking. This manual was 45 pages long. Holy cow. With everything from, you know, what the items that you could run across in the game. I mean, almost, almost every item in the game is detailed and including the magic medallions, um, every type of, um, terrain you might encounter in dungeons all the way to the, you know, what does a key do? Yeah. <laughs> to what are rupees? I mean, they, they did, you know, even some of the enemies that, you know, some really cool art mm-hmm. that, you know, you just, you don't get if you just download the digital version or you, you buy a game today where you're paying basically the same r- rate that you were paying back then, but without all the bells and whistles. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's a little bit of this idea that like, uh, there was so much more like when you purchased a game, there was so much more of an experience around it in some context. Mm-hmm. Right. Like I, I used to remember, yeah, you'd pick up the game. We lived in uh, Calgary. Uh, sorry. We, we, we would do our shopping in Calgary. Cochrane is where I would live. It was probably like a 45 minute to an hour drive. And I remember we'd buy like the video games in, in Calgary. And I'd be in the car and I would open up the case and I would pull out that instruction manual and for the next 45 minutes to an hour, I didn't say a damn word in that car mm-hmm. because I'm flipping through the manual and I'm reading every line about it. I'm looking at every enemy. I'm like, by the time you got home, you had pretty much got that thing locked in and it wouldn't be uncommon to maybe be playing and pausing. And like, you've, tur- you've come into a new enemy. You're like, I don't know who that is. 
So you would literally pause your game, <laughs> flip through 12 pages of the manual and be like, oh, that's what that is. And then you go back. I, I have and a like, very... definitively change how you played, but you just knew more. I have a very vivid memory of reading the manual for the SNES version of Final Fantasy three, uh, in a Ponderosa steakhouse <laughs> because I'm, I was like you, you know, I, I grew up in a place where I would had to, to drive an hour to go to the nearest place to get video games. I mean, Walmart had them, but they're not going to have the new ones, you know, not back then. So, yeah. uh, I, I just remember getting Final Fantasy three and reading that manual at Ponderosa and reading it all the way home, you know, by the headlights of the cars that are behind us and then getting home and playing for three hours, you know, before passing out tired. Yeah. I think that's, yeah, I'm, I'm glad we do shows like, like this for retro rewind because it reminds us of how, how good the video game industry used to be. Not that it's bad now. I'm not, I'm not saying that at all. I think there's some things that's lost along the way. I think there's definitely practices and, and, and art like a, ma- a good manual that are lost to on today's world. Cause everything has to be digital or whatever, but man, you know, those, those times of riding in the backseat and reading those manuals. I mean, I can remember being a kid and taking the super Mario brothers two manual to school with me. Mm-hmm. You know, because I wanted to, to try to draw the characters, or I wanted to show a friend. You know, oh, that's a shy guy. You know, yeah. and and this is this one is absolutely fantastic. And I, I now I'm now I've got to go find out if I can get a physical copy of this game in a box. Yeah, and, and, I mean, and that's and that's something there too, right? Like, and the, when box art meant something, right? <laughs> like it was that was. Because, I mean, that was that was the word, the, your word of mouth of whether you bought a game was either you played it at a friend's place, or you maybe rented it. But, like, what made you decide to rent it was the box art, probably, right? Because at this point, franchised games weren't established enough to really be like, oh, I'm going to pick up this game because I know what it was, right? Uh, and if you think about it, the Zelda before this, Zelda 2, was such a challenging game that when this game came out, it was kind of like this uh, weird weirdness to it, right? And, and and I think this game, and I shouldn't say suffers by it, but is also a byproduct of, you know, we talked about before, Super Mario 2 was so different than Super Mario 1. Zelda 2 was so different than, than uh, the first Zelda. But then the third iteration um, be, started becoming like the definitive copy, right? And began to introduce more and more solidified ideas and mm-hmm. approaches. Uh, and I think we saw that in, in this game as well. Um, but yeah, it definitely making makes you harken back to a different time of video game playing uh, when things felt a little bit more vested, I guess be the word I'm going to use there. So, mm-hmm. uh, in looking for a box copy of this game, I also remembered that it came with a map of the uh, of the overworld that yep. you could fold out and and see. So now I've got to go Google that. <laughs> nice. Uh, it, you know, it's just little, little touches like that, just mm-hmm. little, little things that help. <clears throat> it's kind of like you know, and I think we've talked about this before. Star Tropics, you know, having the the letter that you had to submerge in water. You know, what other video game has done that? Yeah. What yeah. you know, Nintendo. You know, even like when Zach, when you were over playing Fantasy Star Two on the on the Genesis, did they give you a Pac-Man map? Oh, dude, no, you should see the manual they they gave in that. That that manual that they packed in for Fantasy Star 2, they packed in a guide that is, I, I should show you this because it, I'll see if I can find like a PDF of it because it was probably a hundred, it was actually bound. Like it was not like this oh kind of gosh. manual that's stapled. Um, the clue book, see if I can find it here. Uh, Fantasy Star official hint book was uh was nuts it was uh (laughs) it is like the epitome of of all of this uh, of what we're talking about here i'll see if i can find it um i dropped that map uh into the chat that we're attached to skype here and it and i love it because it doesn't give too much away but at least lets you see you know you've got several places to go yeah yeah and that map is 
you know, like I said earlier, you know, what was it? One megabit or one megabyte. I mean, Hey, look, that's what you get for that. Yeah. So here's a, here's the, uh, I put it in our Skype chat here, uh, a link to the PDF of this, of this guide to fantasy star two. That was enormous. It was, I, let's see if, <laughs> It's okay. Like this is actually 32, uh, 115 pages, 115 page guide. And if you look at some of the, if you look at some of the, uh, the maps, like even very early on in the game, you'll see why they did that. Because like, if you go to even like page, where are we? Like on page 10, you start getting into like the very first dungeon that you've got here. And it's got mm-hmm. like four levels of all these different maps and like, at mostly the same shape. Yeah, it's like just a bunch of squares and like, yeah, you go in this entrance and you come out this one and it's it's nutty. So it's just literally a, bo- a book full of maps, right? Um, but it's, yeah, it was crazy. But you're right. The art of the, of the guidebook slash manual, I think there are still, there are still guidebooks out there. This came with the freaking thing because I think probably because in Japan, uh, this was maybe something that was enjoyable or maybe something that they got away with. I don't know which one, probably they just got away with it more. Uh, but they, you know, here it was like, nobody's going to buy this if like, if it's impossible to play. And so they had to make stuff like this, um, for it to work. But, uh, yeah, man, you're right though. The, the art of the video game, uh, the video game manual is, is crazy. Uh, it's, it's not there anymore. It's sad. Like earthbound is another really good example, right? We talked about earthbound. Uh, we did that last year on retro rewind and, uh, the manual that, that came with that or the, or, you know, the guide. Um, I wish that I had some of those old ones because it was very cool. So, um, yeah. Is there anything else that we haven't talked about yet, guys? Like I'm kind of thinking what, uh, if there's anything else, Typically, we talk about where we want the series to go next, and I, right. I think this. I want the series to go three weeks in the future from now. Yep. Uh, where I'm playing <laughs> Breath of the Wild, and that's good enough for me. Yeah, that's exactly what um, I want. That's that's just what I want right now. So I don't really like. Typically, we like we like to think about it. I would, you know, I mean, if I'm being really honest, I would love to see um, another a link between dot 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 uh series or game developed would you want that on the like on the switch like i'm that on the switch what is a switch what does a game like that look like on the switch like i think you know let's let's think about that like is it does it become like a new super mario brothers type thing where it's like uh (laughs) you know like new a link to the past a link to the new past i don't know I don't you know, know exactly I mean? how it works. Or like, like the, Magu- the, MacGuff- the MacGuffin for um, uh, was obviously the 3D for when it was on the 3DS, right? And kind of the turning of the paint and those kind of angles, right? I don't know, but I mean, like, I just, I just love going back to that world. Yeah. So, I wonder, I wonder again if it would be interesting, if it would be possible for them to do like a Zelda Maker or something. Like, I know we talked about that when when Mario Maker came out. Um. I think that we're probably going to see Mario Maker come first to the Switch if it comes at all. Um, but I, I can't imagine Zelda it's... Maker's on a whole nother level. I mean, you you're you're talking there about creating an entire. You're not not just a stage, but I mean, think about how incomplete it would be if you if you could only create an overworld map or you could only create a dungeon. I would imagine it'd probably just be a dungeon. Hey, like that's that's what I would think. Possibly. But even then, you're right though. Like that would be that would be really difficult to do. You've got you've got to come up with your own puzzles, and I get that some people have come up with some extremely, extremely clever things for, in Mario Maker. But you know, in thinking about your questions, Zach, there's not many times that I've been that I can say in gaming, very very rarely with series that I can say, man, I loved this game so much, and then they gave me a sequel to it that that was you know equally good. Yeah, and that's really what we got in a link to the past and a link between worlds. Yeah, um, I'm not necessarily sure I would want this to go to the another system and kind of quote unquote grow up, you know, and become like a 3D Zelda, and have it be called a link between whatever. Um, 
<clears throat> I think that top-down perspective works well and work and continue to work well in Link Between Worlds. But uh, I think as it stands right now, you know, I'm satisfied if they want to be done with that. I'm satisfied with what we've got because I think Breath of the Wild is going to be so amazing that, uh, and it's going to be so expansive that we're going to be on that for a long time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, that's not going to be a game we finish in a week. True. I, I just, I just think, and I'm, I'm thinking about like comments that even uh, people like Aonuma have made about the, uh, about those smaller Zelda games, like the handheld Zelda games, and how there's always going to be a place for them. And yes, of course, Breath of the Wild is coming, and it's this great thing, but it's also a development. It's a beast for as far as development goes, and the, the amount of development that's required for something like uh, a link between world or a, yeah, a link between worlds or like Triforce heroes, something like that. I don't think that just because the switch is, you know, in this, in this world where the switch is successful and uh, the development platforms are all, it's just one single development platform. Uh, I don't see that, 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 that require that that means that, that those smaller Zelda experiences go away. And that's what a link between worlds was right. Like it is, it was not a huge open world game. It wasn't uh, a sequel between uh, skyward sword. Like it was, it it came out after skyward sword, but it was almost its own thing. And so now we have sort of the 2d top down Zelda games uh, that went from like phantom hourglass and spirit tracks to a link between worlds and triforce heroes. And like, I think that that line of games, uh, a, I think it, it relies heavily and, and owes a great deal of debt to a link to the past. And I think that it could continue moving forward. I think that it would be worthwhile to keep that moving forward. Even if, even in a world where breath of the wild exists. So, yeah. And I, and I agree with you, Zach. I mean, especially when you consider the fact that that Nintendo is leading the switch release with the breath of the wild, right? Yeah. Let's presume that let's, uh, we've talked about before the switch has like a six year life cycle, potentially. Right. You're going to tell me that after the breath of the wild, we're not going to see any other Zelda game on that. system. There's no way, dude. <laughs> no way. Right. We are going to get another. Now it's not going to be to the depth of breath of the wild, but I think more of a micro game, like um, a link between fill in the blank here um, would definitely not be uncommon. And I think when you, the fact is that you've brought both development of, of home console and handheld console um, games into one house. That's that, that's the, I I think, I think you're definitely going to see it. I think you probably see in like a year four. I'd say even probably a year three, really. Like, I I don't think that, I don't think that, that Nintendo is ever happy with longer than a two year span between some sort of Zelda release. Like, it's just like, it's, I mean, whether it's like Hyrule Warriors or I wouldn't be surprised if we see a Hyrule Warriors 2 again, by the way, like given, given the fact that we've got Fire Emblem Warriors coming, I have a feeling that that Warriors line is going to continue into the future as well, especially since now they're going to have that, they're, they're already going to have that Fire Emblem engine, right? The, the Fire Emblem Warriors engine, they'll just keep pumping those out. They're going to have Mario Warriors, Mushroom Kingdom Warriors. I'm excited to see Donkey Kong Warriors. Donkey Kong Warriors. I'm telling you right now that I would play both of those games. Yo, yeah, dude. I'm telling you I would. I would totally do it. I would totally play that. Uh, you got a someone... game where Mario's charging through a horde of Koopas, like doing backflips and s- s- ground pounds, and they're going flying, and he's picking up their shells and throwing them around. Yes. Oh, my gosh, there, dude. There, if there are any artists out there, maybe maybe in our community, Calo, I'm looking at you. I'd love to see a sketch of a Donkey Kong Warriors game. You know, how about this? How about we just do Super Smash Warriors and then and then just do the, the entire cast of Nintendo in different things? Oh, my gosh. That'd be that'd be insane. Then you could have like their planet. They're fighting on like Planet Zibis and they're on, like in Hyrule and like. You know, just the, the the classic sort of oh, here's a combination of all the worlds crashing together. You just do that again, but it's in Smash Brothers this time. Uh, uh, Team Ninja, Tecmo Koei, just get on it. I want it now. Uh, but yeah, that's that's Link to the Past, gentlemen. Uh, I think that that any any parting words as we as we bid this classic adieu. I think that that I think that we've we've done it well. Uh, so breath of the wild is 14,000 times the size of this. 
Oh my gosh. Sweet. So uh, much for a hundred percent. Yeah. Oh man. A hundred percenting this game is going to be uh, a breath of, uh, a breath of the, the past. Uh, it's late. Uh, a breath of the wild. That's what I was looking for. Uh, it's, it's going to be, it's going to be so good, dude. I'm so excited. Uh, all right, everybody. Well, thanks for listening to this, uh, this month's episode of retro rewind. If you want to be following, uh, if you want to be playing this next month, uh, retro rewind double dragon. Uh, and we were kind of saying that it's it, bro time. It's bro, bro time. It's bro time. By the way, um, if you're playing on the NES classic, it's actually double dragon two, but they're short enough that you will probably end up talking about both. Um, I noticed during my stream today, double uh, of Double Dragon Two, when I was playing it, uh, the main dude looks like Eugene from The Walking Dead. Uh, you won't be able to unsee it. He's got a mullet. <laughs> He's kind of a chunky guy. Like it's so funny. Like it's um, it's so weird. He, it's totally Eugene from The Walking Dead. So, uh, that yeah, enjoy that. So that I that is a weird game too. The the controls in that were like I'd never really played it, and to have A and B be like directional attack buttons was mm-hmm. super weird to get used to. Uh, I'm still getting used to the controls, but that's a fun game. And uh, it's actually the most accessible one out of the series because is it? you've got double, double dragon one, which I'm trying to play through right now, which gives you three lives and that's it. No oh. continues. And then I also um, hacked my NES classic and put double dragon three on it. And you get one life what no continues no this one's good really? this one you've got like a health bar and like do you have a health bar yeah. at least or you got a health bar but you're not you're not filling it back up yeah i mean it's it one life yeah so i was I made it to level two and it was like well sorry game and over bonus points if you watch double dragon the movie before next retro rewind uh <laughs> oh wow <laughs> uh that'll that'll really get you excited so of course uh head over there and of course again huge thanks to all of our patrons over at patreon.com slash nintendo dads uh you guys make this possible so please uh you know all of our we've got a lot of new listeners if you guys are uh interested in supporting us uh you know even a dollar a month is is huge for us uh and and helps to make content like this happen uh and we've got some new goals and stuff going up here in the in the near future as well so uh, absolutely. Thank you to everybody, especially to, uh, Tim Sheldon and Dave, our Patreon producers. You guys are amazing. So keep up being awesome. Uh, right on. And, uh, as well, if you want to follow us on all the social medias, stuff like that, you can do so on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram at Nintendo dads. You can email us Nintendo dads, gmail.com. If you want to watch us play some games and we got reviews and unboxings, all that kind of stuff, head over to YouTube uh youtube.com slash c slash nintendo dads if you want to call in leave us a voicemail 929 925 and dads 929-256-3237 uh all else i'm gonna say is uh if you want to change the world absolutely go over to itunes leave a five-star review written reviews are even better and if you want to subscribe and follow us you can do so on itunes stitcher google play and of course vgtribune.com for me for justin for jesse and for marty we'll see you next month Bye-bye. Thank you.